Jim Rowan, how's it going? <laughs> it's the 17th of October. It's a really nice day. I haven't been outside. <clears throat> I'm a little worse for wear, to be honest. Um, I celebrated a friend's birthday last night. Uh, and evidently in celebrating his age I forgot my own because not feeling too good today but um, the show must go on and it must go on like this apparently the um, <laughs> YouTube analytics suggests that people like this more than they like um, my MS paint skills so I guess I'm stuck doing this like this for uh, at least a little while until I figure out something better. <sighs> so, um, oh, actually, I've got to do a, I've got to do a pose as well for the clip now because now my face makes up the picture. So, what do the kids do? I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll use that. Um. And I suppose now's the time to say, like and subscribe. If that works, does that work? I guess everyone says that it must work. I, I, you know, I don't do it when they ask. I wait till the end of the video and think, is this something that I wanted more of? And then I would click subscribe. Um, do it whichever way you like. I guess uh, it's just a reminder. Uh, what I would like to... Uh, ask of you though more than that is um because unfortunately this uh last night was good it came at the end of a long week in which i did not have a lot of time and for that reason i the g1 beat me the g1 beat me i've only watched the main events so um that's what i'm going to go through today uh kicking off from uh, what I covered last week, all the main events since then. And what I ask is, if you did watch the other matches on these shows, and there's a particular match that you think I would really enjoy, um, please comment that. I I would like to watch the other matches. I will try and get around to the, the ones that stick out to me. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll quickly cover them and then the end of the tournament next week. Um, and if you're listening to this and you're wondering why I'm talking about video stuff, that's, you know, it's going on YouTube, but it also happens to be posted as audio. Enough of this mumbo jumbo. So last week I ended with the 7th. <clears throat> so we start here on the 8th was the next show excuse me I'm sorry <clears throat> it is what it is I mean look I I always do these on Sundays and this is the shape I'm in on this particular Sunday it is what it is <clears throat> so on the 8th, um, we had B-Block in Kochi, Prefectural, Gymnasium. Uh, so the B-Block standings at this point going in. Okada and Jeff Cobb on 10. Evil on 8. Tanahashi on 6. Sonata and Taichi on 4. Tamatonga, Goto, Yoshihashi and Chase Owens all on 2 points. Um, by the way, I... The place, the few places that I visit to uh, discuss or kind of look at news and stuff for New Japan, um, they tend to be pretty good when it comes to spoilers. So I haven't really been spoiled with anything. So I'm just going to read the matches. I'm not going to read the results, and I'm not going to continue with the points after this. Start uh, after just starting with them there because um, I've actually tried to avoid that. Um, the results. So, on the 8th, 
Tamatonga versus Yoshihashi, Chase Owens versus Hiroki Goto, Jeff Cobb versus Sonata, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Evil. On the face of it, I don't think I'll go back and watch any of those unless someone says, hey, you got to go back and watch this one. Uh, of those, I would suspect maybe... Tama and Yoshi might have been okay. Jeff Cobb and Sonata might have been okay. Owens and Goto was probably okay. but And then Tanahashi, I mean Evil. But, okay, the main event was Tai Chi versus Okada. And um, not to suggest that it's a rare exhibition from Tai Chi, but he seems to have a disdain for Okada in the way he fights him. He chokes him a few times. He wants to choke slam him. But it isn't until Okada's first Rainmaker attempt that he lands the chokeslam. And uh, it's, a, it's a counter to that, to the Rainmaker. The Black Mephisto is reversed into the money clip. That's escaped by Okada. But uh, he's kind of on a roll until a thrust kick from Tai Chi. And he clobbered him with that kick. Like, that was a real kick. Um, instead of taking advantage of that, though... Tai Chi's hubris, his what? Hubris. I just realized I didn't... Hubris. Hubris. I just realized I don't say that word out loud. It sounded weird coming out of my mouth. Hubris. <clears throat> just got to, you got to check yourself. Got to check yourself. Uh, tai Chi's... Hubris gets in the way as he initiates a fighting spirit battle of kicks. Right. Just, just a quick note. This is probably how this entire podcast is going to go. This is this is this is the level my brain's working at at the moment. I've I've, I've dropped a few creases. <coughs> this is terrible. Okay. I'm not stopping. I'm not. I'll do. I'll do it live. Okay. So he does the Black Mephisto again, but it's countered this time into that Okada, like the sunset flip thing that Okada does now. Not the sunset flip, but like that stack pin style. That's kind of. Actually, that isn't a sunset flip style pin. I don't know why I wrote Sunsets. Yeah, that's wrong. The pin that he beat, I think he beat Suzuki with it. He's beaten a couple guys with it recently. Um, Just kind of a stack style pin with the legs hooked. Um, But uh, that doesn't work. Taichi kicks back to an advantage. He lands a dangerous backdrop. Okada desperately scrambles away from a third Black Mephisto attempt before landing a spinning Rainmaker, only for Taichi to remain standing, kind of like um, Shibata in that classic they had, Okada and Shibata in 2017. Power Struggle? I don't remember specifically, but it's one of my favorite matches of all time. Um, And I think to date, Shibata's last match. Uh, but yeah, similar to that one. That was the first time I ever saw anyone just stay standing from the Rainmaker. Taichi does it here. Um, so that's pretty cool. I mean, it wasn't the full Rainmaker, but still. And um, Okada tries again. Taichi wins. They uh, Instead with an Axe Bomber coming back the other way. Okada, sorry. I just bumped the table. <coughs> and I need to cough again. Okada pushes through to regain some control, but the Rainmaker is countered into a Gato clutch for a really close pinfall. Taichi lines up Okada like a sumo, but runs straight into what Kelly calls a landslide. But the landslide was a Samoan driver. It was like fireman's carry, then over the top. Whereas Okada's like, he has him over the shoulder like this, like power slam, and then he drops him down. Um... I think I called it, it's like a version of the Minchinoku Driver is what I called it um, on the last podcast. Or, you know, I don't know, somewhat recently at some point. Um, but yeah, Kevin Kelly's calling it the landslide. It's not exactly the same, but whatever. Maybe that's what Okada's calling it. I don't know. 
But anyway, he hits that move and then he hits the Rainmaker and Okada wins. Which it was a good wrestling match, but um Actually, what I thought of it was that it wasn't so much the wrestling that what uh that made it better than good. Sure it was a good wrestling match. They're both good wrestlers. <clears throat> but I think what was most interesting about it and the reason it might be worth going back and watching is just the characters. They're both very, um, well, they've both established their characters um, in a way that, in a way that they can, they can portray those characters consistently throughout the match. And that's kind of how this uh, match was, contested psychologically was that um tai chi is really kind of this he wants to be in okada's spot and he is kind of um like i I mentioned the word disdain at the beginning of this he's got disdain for okada that okada has what he has and tai chi doesn't have that Tachi is is disdainful that he didn't have the same, <clears throat> um, because he just I guess he just kind of feels entitled to it. But the problem with Taichi is that he he doesn't seem to really want to work for it, and um, that's kind of funny. I mean, you know, he's got a little extra around the waist, a little. I mean, he's very fit, but it kind of speaks to that. Um, just slight lack of discipline or dedication that is stopping him from being at that level. Um, But he just doesn't seem to think that he needs that. And I don't know, I just saw that throughout this match. And it's kind of this insecurity um, that he, he gets in his own way with and is the reason that, I mean, that he lost this match because he's... Um, you know, doing things like not staying on top of uh, an advantage, for example, and kind of just wanting to prove something by showing off or, or uh, you know, mucking around with Okada a little bit. Um, and so that's what leads to him losing this match. But at a higher level, that's why he isn't on the same level as Okada is because of that attitude. Um, but I, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was good. And afterwards, Okada recognizes that a lot of the fans were on Tai Chi's side, but um, he stands here the winner anyway. He tells them to realize there's no stopping him. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. You might think, was this worthwhile, me doing this at all? I don't know. Is it ever? Um, tai Chi backstage so that was Okada in the ring Tai Chi backstage he's sulking he's saying oh right, well, I, I don't look so cool now I was supposed to become a Yokozuna what was the point of all of this and I mean that's what I was talking about like he just he wants all the reward without the effort without getting through like perseverance getting through stuff like this um, sacrifice like he just He's not really willing to take those extra steps to get to that level. He just, his talent has, has taken him this far and he's almost kind of, because of the talent that he has, uh, it's like having a, a rich kid, you know, you give them everything and, and they kind of don't, I'm not a parent, but I, you know, this is what people <laughs> say, you, you give the kid everything and they if they don't have any struggle in their lives then they they don't really learn how to deal with the struggle when it eventually comes and i think um that's maybe similar for tai chi that he's had all this talent so he's never really had to work that hard but now that he wants to be at the very pinnacle of the business of the sport he's realizing well he's not realizing that's actually the problem that he's not realizing that he's going to need to sacrifice. He's going to need to persevere in order to get there. He's kind of just wondering why it doesn't just fall on his lap. But I just think that's a really interesting character. Um, And he plays it great. 
So um, he kind of, he, Tai Chi this is, asks the people behind the cameras if his tournament's over, but he says it in a way that he's already resigned himself to the fact that he's lost. And Miho's crying. And um, that was it. And then he leaves. They both leave. And then Okada's answers some questions diplomatically. Not very interesting. Uh, Okay, so that's number eight. Or the eighth, I should say. On the ninth, it was in the Edion Arena Osaka. This is A Block, which has Zack Sabre Jr. on 10 points, uh, Ibushi on 10 points, Khan, Kenta, Shingo, Ishii all on 8 points, Yano on 6 points, Yujiro and Tangaloa both on 4 points, and Naito's 0 and out. So these matches were kicked off with Kenta versus Zack Sabre Jr., so that might be worth watching. Uh, Yano versus Yujiro, pretty sure I'm not going to watch that. Shingo Takagi versus Tangaloa, that might be decent. Kota Ibushi versus Great Okan. Oh, sorry, no, that's the match I watched. That's the main event. So, um, I like this match. Uh, so, Great Okan versus Kota Ibushi, and um, for all the talk that we hear from Kevin Kelly about Great Okan and his martial arts background, we only really see it in, in little bits here and there. Um, in this match, it made up most of the match. So, it was really kind of um, like shooty, not shoot fight, but shoot style uh, in the striking and the grappling. Um, and that was most of the match. It was a little bit, well, I guess I could say slow, maybe measured is a nice way to put it. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I like that style personally, and I think they did it well. And um, it's just different. It's just a different kind of match. And I, you know, years ago when I got into New Japan for the first time, I remember that being what drew me to it was that the matches aren't all the same style. Like different wrestlers have different styles. They do different types of wrestling matches. And um, this one showcased that. I mean, I don't know what kind of match Kenta versus Zack Sabre Jr. was. I imagine rather traditional. It's certainly a striker versus grappler. Yano versus Yujiro would have just been very silly, but it's a different style of match. Um, Takagi versus Tangaloa would have just been two kind of hosses, basically, just powerhouses beating the crap out of each other. And then Great Okan versus Kota Ibushi is this like technical shoot style type of match. Like that's four different types of matches on the same card. And they're all doing pro wrestling, but it's all, um, you know, it's a variety show in that way. It's all pro wrestling, but they're very different matches. Whereas I don't need to pick a particular promotion, but I will. WWE matches, (coughs) they're all like there's a WWE style that they all kind of do. And that's fine. A lot of people like that. I just am pointing out that um, it's... This this one stood out even for New Japan. Um, and I liked it. Okay. So, uh, it actually, it was about... It was like 15 minutes in when Ibushi latches on a figure four. Just kind of to remind us that, oh yeah, that's right, this isn't just a fight. This is a pro wrestling match. And they can use pro wrestling moves. But that was kind of a turning point. Um in how Ibushi was approaching the fight because he really was there to be like, okay, Great Okan, you think you're a martial artist? Let's let's do martial arts. Um, and there was a, a kind of a funny point um, in the match where Khan's doing different stances. Like, I don't know if it's a karate stance, but it was a very wide stance and he... Sorry, you can't see that. But he like shot uh, the the punch came from the hip, with the so a, a very traditional. If it, you know, maybe I don't know if that's kung fu or karate, but um, but he has been doing that straight right punch as a, a move of his recently. Um, 
And then he hit a not as good sidekick to Ibushi's head. And Ibushi kind of, at that stage, like, like I said, he's, he's kind of changing what he wants to do with this match. And he kind of wants to turn it into a battle of guts rather than technique, is what I saw. So um, he, he he starts taking the technique out of it. I guess he might have felt like he might have been a bit outmatched there because Khan has such a wealth of experience. It's not just um, how good he is. It's, it's how many disciplines he understands um, that might have uh, had to- Ibushi a bit nervous. Um, not to say Khan was dominating or anything, but, you know, it... Um, it was time for Ibushi to change the matchup. He lands a bomb AA, that gets a two count. Um, Khan does realize that his game plan that Ibushi was kind of allowing at first, he's he's not he's no longer imposing that game plan. So he tries to he goes to an ankle lock. He he wants to control the match that way. Um, Ibushi manages to stand and leap up and kick his way out of it. Then Khan comes back with a, a low takedown and Ibushi hits him with the knee to the head as um as Khan was shooting in. So this is the Nakamura spot that they did endlessly when Nakamura was in Japan. Uh, it comes from, if you listen to my podcast about the old, um, um, you, you know, my kind of history podcast, you'll have heard me talk about this. The old Nakamura um, and Alexei Ignashov match, where this was an MMA match, and that's what happened. Um, Nakamura shot in for a takedown, and Alexei just conked him with a knee, and Nakamura went straight down, um, but he got straight back up. But the force of the knee was such that the referee, as soon as he saw the knee connect, was like, that's it, the fight's over. So it actually ended up being overturned as a no contest because the referee uh, apparently stepped in too soon Um, because in fairness to Nakamura, he bounced straight back up. Um, But, and then they had a rematch and Nakamura won, I believe. But it was, it was such a, um, I guess it was just a really, I don't want to say defining, but certainly significant moment in Nakamura's MMA career. And it it was carried over into um, pro wrestling. So I remember, I know it was in the Wrestle Kingdom match with Takayama. Was that 2004, the main event? For the was it the NWF title and the IWGB Heavyweight Championship? Um, I think so. I remember them doing it in that spot, but uh, in that match. But um, yeah, that spot would come up all the time. Quite uh, a tangent there, but that's the spot they did in this match here. So Ibushi being the Ignashov and Khan being the Nakamura and copping the knee in the face. Uh, and then Khan dodges a Kamigoye, but not a head kick. That gets another two count. And then his nose is pouring blood, by the way, at this stage, like quite a bit. I don't know if it was that knee or if it happened earlier. But Ibushi tries the Kamigoye again. This time the claw from Khan, he catches the knee. And then rather than doing the Eliminator, where of course he grabs their face, he tries doing an Eliminator on Ibushi's knee and like picking him up that way. And then... So Khan's got the knee and he grabs the back. And as he goes to lift with this knee, Ibushi just uses the other knee and just hits him in the head again. And um, that gives him the chance to then Kamigoye Finn. It was a a really interesting match. Um, Ibushi coming away the winner, of course, after that Kamigoye. And um, yeah, a good match. It just just interesting in how different it was, or at least in how it began. And I think what the story was that um, that that finish with uh, Khan trying that weird eliminator. 
I think he maybe he was just out of his depth. Like um, he 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 was he wasn't able to impose his game plan. He was he was happy when Ibushi was just letting him do it. Um, but then when Ibushi decided, no, I'm going to take this match in a different direction, uh, and 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 have the match I want to have, that's when Khan was like, he, he just got a, a bit lost. Um, and and I mean this in kayfabe, by the way, not that the match between them was uh, going wrong. I think this was the story was that um, Khan just wasn't really able to impose his game plan, control the match, and so. Um, And I guess he found it hard to predict what Ibushi was going to do because Ibushi doesn't think about anything. He just goes ahead and, and, and does what he feels like doing. So when he tried to be unpredictable by doing that weird eliminator with the knee, like he's just out of his element. Like he doesn't know how to do that. He knows how to do his style. And then when he tries to be unpredictable and, and do something different, it, it doesn't work for him. He doesn't have that experience. So um, Ibushi was able to expose that and come away with the victory but um just i'm really impressed with how quickly khan's improving i mean that that was that was a really that was one of the matches i would say go back and watch <clears throat> and um as i don't think the first time i've said that about a khan match his zack sabre jr match was really good i just yeah, he's he's one of the guys that have really... I mean, I don't know, um, obviously, no one really knows how things would have gone if the likes of Will Ospreay, Jay White, um, and, and such were in the country and able to participate in this tournament. But, um, wow, what a, what a tournament this guy's having, not just in terms of who he's beating, just the matches he's having. It's been really impressive. But anyway, the promo here... Um, Abushi, he calls out to Grado Khan before Khan leaves, and he says uh, that the match was fun, and it was he was glad to see Oka back in the ring tonight, which is um, I think his name's uh, Tomoyuki Oka, so it's his real name, um, but. I don't know exactly what he was referring to there by calling him his real name, um, Abushi. Anyway, uh, he goes on to say he's one step closer to his fourth final in a row. Interesting that he would say that rather than his third win in a row. But that's also an impressive record, four finals in a row if he were to make it. Backstage, Khan is frustrated. He seems to feel patronized uh, or patronized. Um presumably telling Ibushi not to underestimate him. He says, don't underestimate me, presuming that was to Ibushi. He also calls him a bastard. Um, Ibushi says, it's been a while since they wrestled that style and is genuine in asserting Khan's technique is incredible. And he felt the weight difference too, but um, he wants to fight Khan many more times. What time are we? Oh, jeez. The 12th. In, is it Zabio Arena? Zendai? This is Block B again. There was Taichi versus Tamatonga, Sonata versus Yoshihashi, Okada versus Chase Owens, Goto versus Evil, and the main event was Jeff Cobb versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, so Cobb overpowers Tanahashi early, no surprise. But um, then Tanahashi tries to, he starts playing some cat and mouse games. So. I mean, it's kind of like Kenta, but when Kenta does it, he's a heel. When Tanahashi does it, he's cute and clever. But um, when Cobb catches Tanahashi, he makes him pay. He, he kind of drives Tanahashi down on his knee, and then he starts strumming his back like a guitar. Um, Tanahashi does manage to hook on a clover leaf after a comeback, but it looked like it was costing him more energy than it was to Cobb just because he was having so much trouble keeping it locked in and, and holding that all that weight up in, well, it's not all of his weight, but even still, just those heavy legs. Um, he just, he was struggling with it. And there, 
I mean, there was a game plan from Tanahashi to go after the legs, which we've seen so many times. But, um, you know, he wants to remove that power of that base of Cobb. Cobb tries to suplex Tanahashi to the outside, but he fails. Instead, there's the high fly flow crossbody to the outside. Um, Cobb's comeback is stalled when a spin cycle's countered into a sling blade. The high fly flow, Tanahashi comes off the top. Cobb catches him, turns it into an F5, except he doesn't even like go down like an F5. He, um, he just kind of tosses him, spinning through the air, and Cobb stays standing. But Kevin Kelly calls it an F5. The leg prevents a quick cover. Um, oh, because yeah, Cobb's leg prevents a quick cover because he's selling the leg really heavy. So Tanahashi kicks out when he eventually gets there. There's a tour of the islands, but that's turned into an inside cradle. Uh, that's a two count. Cobb quickly punishes that with a German suplex and then ruthlessly moves on to the tour to finish Tanahashi off and win the match. Um, this, you know, it wasn't a fancy match at all, but it, it followed a logical course. And, um, I thought, I mean, Cobb's selling maybe was a bit inconsistent, but it was still a good match. Very good. So Cobb kind of claps at Tanahashi and then asks the crowd if they're sad that he beat the ace. He says that was a piece of cake in Japanese and then also says undefeated in Japanese. So he seems confused, almost. I mean, he's definitely confused when it comes to his promos. Like, is, is he trying to be... He's trying to be heel, but he's also just... I don't know, I think he just, just stopped trying to be something. And just... Even if he's going to be bland, it'd just be better than this contrived version of whatever he's attempting to do. But um, anyway, backstage, Tanashi's lying down on the concrete. He said he used nearly all of his moves and he's still lost. He mentions Okada again, but this time it's to uh, say he understands his struggles with Jeff Cobb. Uh, he considers his record and acknowledges his chances of winning aren't high, but he'll do his best until the very end. Cobb says he is his destiny to win the tournament. Uh, Evil's up next and he's not putting up with any of his garbage. He calls himself the Imperial Unit. It's kind of a weird nickname, but I don't mind it. Could be worse. All right. But uh, that was the end of that one. So, yeah, Jeff Cobb's still on top of that block. Back to block A on the 13th, also in Zabio. Satoshi Kojima came back to face Kota Ibushi in the Naito um, fill-in match. But the block A matches were Ishii versus Yujiro, Kenta versus Tangaloa, Yano versus Zack Sabre Jr. And the main event that I watched, Great Okan versus Shingo Takagi. And it says a lot for Khan's tournament that I really look forward to this. I was like, this should be a banger. Because, um, I mean, you know, before this tournament, would I have said that? Absolutely not. Khan was still just kind of finding his feet, but he's just been really good in this tournament. So uh, looking forward to this one. And the story was predictable early. It was just, you know, a couple of really prideful guys trying to outmuscle each other uh, rather than take the less resistant path. Um, but the match continues back and forth. Khan makes the mistake of trying to rub in uh, an advantage of his and Shingo attacks him with rage, but then accepts one back and kind of goads him into that fighting spirit battle. Um, there's a, an attempt at a lariat that's turned into a nasty back su suplex by Shingo only for Khan to pop up and then similarly Khan or Shingo pops up when um, Khan nails him with a bicycle kick and then they, he, yeah he pops up hits uh, a lariat Shingo and Khan pops up and hits a backdrop on Shingo but then Shingo's the first to get up after the backdrop because they both went down. And then Shingo hits a sliding lariat. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's... I mean, they were both... We're doing the Ishii thing of... I can see how people would think that's not... It's no selling. And I guess in a K 
kayfabe sense, it kind of is no selling in that they're, um, they, they don't want the other to realize that they're hurt, that it's almost a kind of like psyching them out, but they're pushing through the pain. Um, and they did do a little bit of selling. I guess you could call it delayed selling. They sold a little bit after the move, but they still went ahead and, and did the next move. And then at the end, they both collapsed and they're spent as a result. Um, Khan locks on a sheep killer and then he switches to a power slam for a two count at about the 20 minute mark he goes for the eliminator Shingo transitions into a rolling armbar Khan tries to use that claw again so he's that's that's his right hand I think but now Shingo's kind of targeting that arm uh, that he did the armbar on and that has the claw on it so uh, Khan goes into a bit of desperation um in one of his attacks and it kind of leads to him just giving Shingo his limbs so he can set up made in Japan that gets a two count and they just kind of bash each other back and forth for a bit there's similar to that Ibushi match with Khan a similar spot the Nakamura spot again but this time instead of a knee Khan catches an elbow from Shingo or a forearm I guess maybe <clears throat> then they both attempt their finishes Khan wins the race to a lariat over a pumping bomber. Khan dodges another, sorry, Shingo dodges another eliminator and then lands a pumping bomber. That gets a two count. Then he hits last of the dragon. Shingo wins. Um, This was a good match as well. I just, I can't quite put my finger on. (coughs) Sorry. I can't quite put my finger on um, what stopped it from being better or being kind of what I was hoping it to be, I suppose. I think maybe the the psychology was off a little bit. I mean, they had those no-selling spots, um, but that's not quite it. Maybe the pacing of the match wasn't quite correct, um, but it just something about it was just a bit off. I just didn't think it was quite the level it could have been but I'm sure they'll have plenty more chances to run it back and uh, I'm sure the next one will be better and, and they'll, they'll they'll be good opponents for each other so after the match Shingo exclaims he's finally at the top of the block uh, although he's also relying on other results which he doesn't like but he'll just keep fighting on like a champion backstage Khan knows what us imbeciles are thinking that it only matters what happens in the ring but he didn't cut corners. He understands the result. <laughs> Shingo says Khan looks 50, but he's a monster in that ring. He looks ahead to Yujiro. He wonders why he's even in the tournament uh, and just reiterates his position as world champion. <clears throat> okay. And then the last one here that I watched, uh, the last one that's occurred to date, is on the 14th in Yamagata City General Sports Center. B block again. We had Taichi versus Chase Owens, Hiroki Goda versus Sonata, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Yoshihashi. That might have been alright. It should have been alright. It should have been good. And there was also Evil versus Jeff Cobb, but the main event and the match I watched was Tamatonga versus Kevin Kelly. That's correct. Versus Kazuchika Okada, actually. Tamatonga versus Okada. And um I Kevin Kelly, speaking of him, um, did compliment Jado on his jackedness as he came out with Tamatonga. And um, I've got to agree, he is looking jacked. And I know the Tongans have been, well, Tamatonga in particular, have been working hard lately. I wouldn't be surprised if Jado can bench more than them, big fellas. He is, he's, he's looking toit, like a toiger. <clears throat> Anyway, it's a, a stiff task here for Tama. I mean, not just in kayfabe and stopping the juggernaut that is Okada, but also the main event spot and he's against Okada, as in he's working with Okada. He's in a main event. He's just giving, being given every opportunity to have a good match here. Like, <clears throat> I think he's kind of wanted to be this guy for a while, this... Um, prove he's, he's good enough to be a singles wrestler uh, and 
it, it's kind of like they've given him every opportunity here to do that but now the pressure's on like okay so are you going to take the opportunity um and you know i don't always speak well of tama don't always love his matches. I have been impressed with him in this tournament. I certainly don't always love his promos, but you know, I I went into this hoping that he was able to do it. Like I want Tama to do well. Um, but I was also cognizant of the fact that even if he did have a really good match with Okada, it might just go back to Okada. Like, oh wow, Okada was able to have a good match with Tama Tonga. Um, anyway. The um, match started with kind of the standard stuff. Well, those, you know, the chain wrestling holds that often don't last that long. Um, Okada was holding on to him and, you know, treating him as real submissions. And you could, like, the look on his face was kind of, this is what I think of you. Like, I could beat you with these, these little kind of nothing moves that, you know, I let go of on other people. Like, you might you might tap to this. Um, you know, Okada gets that kind of just dull look on his face, like, this is boring, like, I don't, I don't care about you is kind of what he um, is showing um, in an arrogant way. But that's, Okada's, that's when Okada's the best, when he's, when he just is embracing that he's better than he thinks he's better than everyone. Um, so it, um, I, I did think maybe this was that he wanted to bring out an aggressive side of Tama. Like he, he did, he wanted to poke the bear and get Tama to be aggressive so that he would make mistakes in his haste. So there, there might've been a game plan behind this attitude from Okada. But um, Tama finally finds himself in the lead when he's brawling outside the ring. Though instead of taking advantage of it, when he gets back into the ring, he just kind of allows Okada to come back in his own time. Um, Though he still maintains the advantage when they do get into the ring. Um, I guess at least he's not being hasty. Maybe that was almost an exercise in in not giving in to Okada there um, and what he wanted. But... um, he, yeah, he does stay on top, kind of in an old-fashioned sense, just or with old-fashioned moves, just like headlocks and, you know, just beating him down a little bit. Um, a flapjack stunts Tama's momentum, and then Okada gets on a bit of a roll. He tries to go for the neck breaker, but Tama fights this off. Okada continues again after they leave the ring for a bit. He gets another kind of normal Okada string of moves together. He lands the diving elbow. Hits the Rainmaker pose, but Tama dodges two Rainmaker attempts. Sorry, bump the screen, <clears throat> bump the table. Tama, to- uh, Tama Tonga dodges two Rainmaker attempts, and then he hits a Tongue and Twist. That gets a two. He tries a Gun Stun. That's reversed into a Spinning Rainmaker. That's a two count. And um, But otherwise, Tama Tonga is doing a really good job of stifling Okada. Like, even when Okada does get a few, string a few moves together, eventually Tamatonga um, figures out a way to just disrupt the momentum. So he's doing a good job of that. And um, Okada finally hits a tombstone. He misses the Rainmaker. He stops two gun stuns that Tama tries. And then Tama tries to outsmart him on a... Oh, he does outsmart him, ducking a Rainmaker and then stopping so that Okada goes up for the dropkick and just lands uh, without making connection um, and then Tama tries a gun stun again and Okada counters that into a Rainmaker but then or he tried to Tama counters that into a bloody Sunday um, and if I didn't know better I'd think that gun stun was a red herring like he just did it knowing Okada would reverse it with the Rainmaker and then he had that in his back pocket the bloody Sunday and there was a really good post on uh, the New Japan, I think it was on the New Japan Reddit, um, about, should I credit someone? It's kind of loud when I go click in places. But um, they put up a post of Prince Devitt uh, giving, well, they, they said it was, oh, here it is, by 
Katie Senshi. Um, Tamatonga has not forgotten Prince David's advice from eight years ago, but you know they do a silly little promo here where David counters a a rainmaker by um, Anderson backstage. But this sequence where Tamatonga he counters the rainmaker. Oh, hold on. This is when he the the drop kick and then gun stun. Rainmaker ducks it, floats over, bloody Sunday, and they show the Prince Devitt doing the exact same thing when he faced Okada. So um, that's a cool clip that they he he well they put that together. But um, even cooler if you're a Tamatonga fan was that. Um, after this bloody Sunday, he lines up the gun stun. Okada resists once, twice. He goes for a power slam. Or maybe, actually, Okada might have been going for that over-the-shoulder landslide, as Kevin Kelly calls it. But um, I guess that must have been what he was going for. But Tamatonga flips that over, hits a gun stun. That only gets a two count, though. So Tamatonga goes to a double underhook pile driver and hits that. And what I was going to say... If you, cool if you're a Tamatonga fan that gets him the win he beats Okada and I'm so glad this wasn't spoiled for me because I was so surprised um, but when he hit that double underhook pile driver I was like holy shit that's it he's, like, he's probably going to pin him with this and he did and it's a massive win and it was no fluke either it was a perfectly executed game plan against maybe a complacent Okada like going back to that start where he was kind of messing with Tamatonga, maybe that wasn't so much game plan as much as just complacency, just kind of like arrogance, just thinking I'm going to win this easily. Um, but that's not to take anything away from Tamatonga in kayfabe. He played this great, um, and it was a really good match. I mean, look, I also said at the beginning of this matches review <clears throat> big opportunity for Tamatonga and um, you know I'm not a I wouldn't I'm not a like a massive Tamatonga fan I went in hoping that he would do well but <clears throat> I'd be quite happy to sit here and <laughs> tell him it sucked it didn't it was really good he pulled through this is one of the matches that I would go back and watch again um it's funny though, because it was kind of a, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> that term, I don't know, 12th beer maybe coming up. So this is, I mean, it wasn't, it's kind of hard to explain. The flow of the match wasn't necessarily the greatest to watch, but that's, what Tamatonga's game plan was, and that made sense. <clears throat> it didn't uh, make for the a match that kind of flowed in a way that was um, appealing as a wrestling match, but it made sense in terms of a wrestling contest, what Tamatonga was doing. And it still turned out to be a really good match. And he was there for the, you know, that finishing sequence when it's a big main event match and they're kind of trading counters to finishes and whatnot. Tamatonga was there for all of it. He didn't miss a step. So credit to him. He did great. <clears throat> um, well done, Okada, maybe is what I should be saying. <laughs> At the beginning, I was like, well, Okada might get the credit. I guess I guess Okada just did a great job. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry about my throat. Okay. But... The any soul to win big too, just it meant a lot to him, and I I don't know. You could tell there was real emotion in that. Um, you know, he it it mattered to him to get this big main event singles victory over Okada. I mean, and that's what he said in his promo actually afterwards. He he kept it in very simple English, I think, for the for the sake of the Japanese. But um, he just said something like, um, you know, I'm Tamatonga. And this is, you know, I've made my own history today. Just something like that. Um, and backstage, he says that the G1's given him strength. And he asks, who you with? To no one in particular, I'm guessing that's more Bullet Club rubbish. 
but whatever he kept it short which is great because I kind of wouldn't have blamed him for being excited and rambling on after a match like that but he he kept both his promos there pretty short um also I didn't mention Jado of course Jado's there but he doesn't get involved he's been letting his guys the the Tongans um the gorillas um just wrestle without interfering which has been great I appreciate that and I wish he would have a word to Dick Togo but um yeah that's it so next time on Dragon Ball Z uh we had it's gonna be oh bloody hell is it tomorrow it's tomorrow A Block on the 18th there'll be well Satoshi Kojima versus Great Khan. that's not a part of A Block but that does mean that Khan was meant to face Naito on the last day, which oh, would have been good. But, you know, hopefully Naito's not far off. I don't remember what his injury was. I hope it wasn't too bad. I hope he's not too far away. Um, but, um, yeah, but I mean, Kojima versus Great Khan could be really good, actually. But in the A block, there's Kenta versus Kota Ibushi, Ishii versus Yano, uh, Yujiro versus Shingo and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tangaloa. Is that really the main event? And on the 20th, so that's uh, Wednesday, B Block. Tanahashi versus Taichi, Okada versus Jeff Cobb. Should be good. Goto versus Tamatonga, Yoshihashi versus Chase Owens, and uh, Sonata versus Evil. All oh, right, their matches, I've. N- I remember their last match. It was supposed to be this grudge match. You know, they've broken up as a, one of the most successful tag teams of recent history. And they just had a match. Like, mm. So hopefully Sonata is uh, feeling good for that one. Um, on the 21st is the finals. So we'll figure out who won this whole thing. But, um, and of course, I'll cover all that in the next podcast. I will say again... Please, if you listen to this and some of these other matches that I didn't review, again, I haven't really had any spoilers, so I am really happy to watch them. And if I find the time, we'll we'll go back and watch a few. But um, yeah, if you could recommend me the ones not to miss, uh, please do so. Thank you very much for listening and perhaps watching this. Until next time, have a good one.